As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. This is Friday night, and we have had quite a week. Thank you for joining us every night. And by the way, thank you for your comments. I got up this morning, I read all of your comments. Thank you so much. And you know what else I enjoy? I like it when you begin to speak to each other in the comment section. It's a lot of fun. We're making friendships. We've really become a home group. Anyway, we're glad you're with us tonight. And tonight we're going to wrap up our series about authority over demons. And I want you to download the free study guide called What the New Testament Tells Us About Demons. Just go to renner.org. This is yours for free. And that's the last, today, tonight's the last night it's available for free. That's right, Joel. Thank mm -hmm. you for helping me with that. And it comes with a great audio series or video series. What the New Testament tells us about demons, how to recognize demonic activity, and how to exercise your God-given authority over demons. We have authority over the spirit realm. Amen. Amen. And I want you to get my book called Last Day's Survival Guide. People are ordering it. This is a book you're going to want to read. This book, I'll tell you, my editor, when she read this book, she said, is there anything you have not covered in this book about the last days? She said, this is like a gift to the body of Christ. It's the purpose of the book is to just help you really sober up about the times we're living in and to get your Bible in your boots and get ready to march through this season. It's 496 pages. It just poured out of my fingers and my mind when I was writing. You're going to love this book, and it is endorsed by a lot of pretty heavy-duty spiritual leaders. So please order your copy today. Just go to renner.org and you can order your copy right now. But Denise, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Rick and Home Group. Welcome. We're so glad you're with us. Let's go to Mark chapter 5, verse 7. Okay. It says, The demonized man cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. The word adjured means to pray. I call this the day the devil prayed. 6,000 prayed. 6,000 demons in this man. They're all praying. And Jesus is tormenting them. And guess what? The word torment is a Greek word, bazinazo. Ay, ay, ay. The word bazinazo means to torment or to torture. But the tense is incessant torment. It is incessant torture, which means Jesus was doing something that was torturing these demons. He was torturing them. What was he doing? You know, when I was a kid, I always could imagine torture chambers. You know, when you tortured people, you just kept turning up the pain. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was turning up the pain on these demons. What was he doing? Well, the Bible tells us, verse 8, For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And the 10 says, Jesus kept on saying and saying and saying and saying and saying and saying, come out. I said, come out. I said, come out. I said, come out. Well, these demons had bluffed everybody else. Everybody else just washed their hands and walked away. But Jesus is just right there. And Jesus just turns up the pressure. The longer it takes, Jesus just keeps pressing in. I said, come out. Do you not understand? I'm not leaving until you come out. I said, come out. I said, come out. And the tense really implies that this event probably took place, was probably a pretty long episode. And Jesus just kept putting on the pressure, 
church. I said, come out. I said, come out. I said, come out. And when Jesus says, come out, even in Greek, the word out is the word ek. It's where you get the word exit. It means make an exit. I said, make an exit. Jesus is really taking authority. Come out of this man. Yes, Denise. I want to say that when we come against the enemy, we're torturing the enemy. When you say, no, devil, you're not taking that from me. No, you're not oppressing that person. No, you can't have my husband. No, you can't have my child. We are just like Jesus, and we are torturing the devil. And if we press in and press in and press in, he has to give up. Amen. Because we're greater. The greater one lives in us. The greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So if we just don't give up, we're going to press and press and press, and the devil's going to give up. And by the way, if you're tired of pressing and you need somebody to press with you, call us. 1-800-742-5593 or write us prayer at renner.org. We will pray with you. We will. But wait, when you read this story, then Jesus does something that totally breaks with what he does anywhere else in any of the other Gospels. Jesus then says in verse 9, Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. But in verse 9, when it says Jesus asked him, the word asked is the Greek word for an interrogation. Jesus interrogated him. Now, hold on. Are we supposed to have conversations with devils? No. And in fact, if you look at the majority of Jesus' ministry, when demons started to talk, what did Jesus tell them to do? Shut up. Shut up. Shut it up. <laughs> Actually, that's a very good translation of some of those places in the Gospels. Jesus just said to those demons, shut it up. And what you find about demons is if you don't take authority over them, they will talk. Demons will just rattle on and on and on and on and on. There's a lot of people in counseling sessions, they're counseling demons. Sometimes you just need to say, <laughs> shut it up. Just shut it up. But in this particular case, Jesus did something that he only did once, right here. He never did it again anywhere else in the Gospels. Jesus entered into a conversation. And the Greek says he interrogated him, saying, what is your name? Now, why in the world did Jesus break pattern? Normally, he's telling demons to shut up. And now he's saying to the demon, uh, I'd like to know who you are. Jesus is interrogating. Why? Because Jesus himself is dumbfounded. He usually casts demons out with one word. One word. And now... He is saying and saying and saying and saying and saying, I said, come out. I said, come out. I said, come out. I said, I'm not leaving till you come out. I said, come out. And the thing is not budging. And Jesus is just so speechless about this that he backs up and he says, who in the world are you anyway? <laughs> That's really what it is. And the demon answers and says, my name is Legion for we are Many, the word legion, the Greek word legion, which means a legion of Roman soldiers. It's nearly 6,000. My name is Legion. There's 6,000 of us inside here. And when he says we are many, the Greek really means we are a vast multitude. A vast multitude. Now hold on. In verse 9, Jesus is speaking to how many demons? One. One demon is speaking. One demon. 
The demon says, there's a legion of us. I'm the one that you're talking to. But if you want to know why we're not coming out so easily, it's because there's 6,000 of us in here. We are a vast multitude. But Jesus was just speaking to one. All right, look at verse 10. And the unclean spirit, one unclean spirit is speaking. One, everybody say one. One, one besought him much that he would not send them out of the country. The word besought, by the way, is a Greek word which could be translated to pray. I mean, this demon is continuing to pray. It has never been under such pressure in its life, in its existence. Now it's praying. It's beseeching greatly, is what Luke says, not to send them out of the country. Well, why not out of the country? Because demons are habitual. They like to take territory and stick with their territory. They did not want to be disrupted or moved. And the Bible tells us in verse 11. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. Wait! And all the devils besought him. All? Until that time, how many demons was Jesus talking to? One. One. Now Jesus has put on so much pressure that the whole infestation is stirred up. And all 6,000 demons simultaneously begin to speak through the man's mouth. Now, what if you had been one of the locals watching all of this happen? That's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the disciples. The, well, the Bible talks about them that fed the swine. They were watching it too. All of a sudden, a man's mouth opens, and it sounds like an auditorium of voices are speaking through his mouth. All the devils. Like a stadium. A whole stadium is speaking through this man's mouth. That's why I say this is one of the greatest miracles Jesus ever worked. It truly was amazing. Jesus has put on so much pressure that now the one spokesman can't handle it by himself. All 6,000 of them together simultaneously begin speaking through the man's voice, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. Well, this tells you something about unclean spirits. First of all, they don't like to be disrupted. They don't like to be moved. They're habitual. They like to frequent the same space. Jesus taught us in other scriptures that they don't like to walk in dry places. They like to live inside something. But they are so low. They are so foul. They'll even live in a pig. You know, I told you in a previous program that when I was a kid, we had a dog behind us whose name was Stinky. That dog was demonized. Demons were living in that dog. I know it for sure. But now these demons are so foul, they're just looking for anything to go into. They don't want to be cast out and just walk in dry places. They're looking for something to go into. The demons are praying, say, send us into the pigs. And the word pig here is the word for swine or the word for a hog. But it was the lowest, basest, most unclean of all animals in Israel. Dirty, 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 dirty. You couldn't eat pig. You couldn't eat swine. And all the demons, 6,000 of them, are saying, please send us into the pigs. We'll even take a pig. And the Bible tells us in verse 13, And forthwith, Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. Then in parentheses it says, they were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. But notice it says they went out and entered into. Those two phrases are very important. They don't just go out. They look for something to enter into. They went out of the man abruptly. All of a sudden, 
All 6,000 of them are instantly, finally dislodged. And bam, it's like a whole auditorium of demons leave this man. They leave him and enter into the swine. And notice immediately how the swine behave. The swine, the character, suddenly instantly changes. They ran violently down a steep place into the sea. When the Bible says they ran violently down, the Greek word literally means uncontrollably, wildly, rushing forward. It's like they became enraged. Something took over them. Uncontrollably, wildly, they're rushing down a steep place to the sea. And the Bible says they were choked. Most people who read that think, well, they must have drowned in the sea. They must have been choked when they got into the water. But you know what the word choked means? Listen to this. Hang on to this, guys. To choke, to strangle, to wring one's neck, to take one by the throat and to strangle them with your hands. These demons didn't just drown in the sea. They were being choked by these demons on their way into the water. Now, there's something powerful here. We don't know how long these 6,000 demons had lived in this man. Remember what I said to you in a previous home group? You can meet demonized people, but it's very rare you'll ever meet somebody demon-possessed. Even though he had 6,000 demons, he could exercise his mind. He was still alive. He could run to Jesus. He had some measure of mental control. It means even the person in the most severe condition, they're able to exercise some control. Usually they can, 99% of the time. But when they go into pigs, pigs have no mind, they have no will, they have no self-control, bam, immediately the demons do to the pigs what they would love to do to any person. But they can't do it as quickly in people because people have the ability to resist. But when they go into pigs, immediately the pigs become wild, uncontrollable. They begin to do suicidal things, run into the water, choking as they go into the water. It is amazing. That's what happens if the devil has his way. And then when you come to verse 14, verse 15, the Bible says, and they that fed the swine fled. I'm sure they did. By the way, there were about 2,000 pigs. That's what the Bible says. And can I tell you something funny, home group? You know, Joel has grown up in the former Soviet Union speaking Russian. And in Russian, there's no such word as the word pork. So when you go to order meat in the restaurant, you order svinina. It's the word swine. So sometimes when we're in America, Joel will order something, he'll say, I think I'd like to eat a little swine. <laughs> it's always so funny to me that these demons went into the pigs and there were 2,000 of them. Which means, if there were 6,000 demons, you could just figure it up. Two and a half. Two and a half, three demons per pig. Now they run into the water, and verse 14 and 15 says, They that fed the swine fled, I'm sure they did, and told in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. When the Bible says they went out to see, it is the Greek word thereo. It's where you get the word for a theater. This was quite a dramatic presentation. People came out to see the show. This was something really to see. And that's what Jesus likes to do. He likes to put on a real demonstration, a real theater of God's power. And everybody came out 
Tyrea, to see the theater of what was taking place. And they came to Jesus to see him that was possessed with the devil. The Greek really means him that had previously been. See the word possessed? It's a bad translation. It's a Greek word demonized. He had been demonized. A demonized person is not possessed, but they're demonized. They're under the control, like you can be under the control of a substance. They're under the control of demons. Okay, then it goes on to say, and now this man who previously, remember what he was? He was naked. We saw that from Luke chapter 8. He had spasms and seizures like epilepsy. Luke chapter 8, verse 29. He was driven of the devil into the wilderness. This man that was tortured, 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 tortured. Now he is sitting. He is clothed. And in his right mind. And the locals were afraid. Hmm. Well, first of all, when the Bible says sitting, it means to be permanently seated in a restful position. He had peace. He had peace. He was truly delivered. The Bible says not only was he sitting, he was clothed. The Greek word means permanently clothed. Permanently clothed. No longer humiliated in nakedness. Permanently clothed. In his right mind, in his right mind means to be of a sound mind, to be reasonable, to be balanced and level-headed in the way one thinks, to think rationally, and it is a continuous action, one that continuously now is in his right mind. And the Bible says the locals were, what? Afraid. Afraid. There are two responses to the power of God, and it's always the same. The power of God either attracts people or it repels people. Now, Denise, when you and I were young and we were hungry for the power of God, the Spirit of God, the power of God, it attracted us. But many people are repelled by it. They're afraid of it. And you need to know that when you minister, there's always true responses to a demonstration of the power of God. Some people will be attracted. Some people will be repelled. There's two responses to the power of God. Jesus had this throughout his ministry. These people were repelled. They were terrified by it. But wait, look at verse 18. Look what else it says. And when Jesus was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed, or he that had been demonized, would be a better translation, with the devil, prayed to him that he might be with him. Wow. Verse 19. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, now look at this, go home to your friends, tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. The first thing he said to the man was, go home. home. That means this guy had a house. It's the Greek word oikos. Go to your house. The devil had driven this man from his house. Jesus literally said, hey guy, I've done a work in your life. It's time for you to go home. And you know, sometimes when God has done a work in your life, you need to go home. It's time to go home. And Jesus said, go home to your friends. The word friends used here specifically means go home to your own people. Go home to your physical home that you lived in prior to this demonic infestation. It's time for you to reunite with your family and your friends and to tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. When Jesus' compassion flows, it sets people free. Wow. And the Bible says, verse 20, 
And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. Marvel. And when the Bible says he began to publish, the Greek word keruso, which means to herald, it's where we get the word for a preacher. The man became an evangelist. He became an evangelist. Well, what better place to preach than his own neighborhood? Mm-hmm. They all remember when he got in trouble. He went home. Here I am, in my right mind, clothed, at peace. The Lord has had compassion on me. What the Lord has done for me is what the Lord will do for you. And he began to publish the Greek word keruso. He began to proclaim. He began to evangelize the whole area of the Decapolis. And the Bible says all men did marvel. The word marvel, the Greek word thalmazo. The word thalmazo means to be in a state of wonder. To be in a state of wonder. And Denise, that's what God wants to do in all of our lives. He wants to do such a work in all of our lives that people will stand around us in a state of wonder. People look at you and say, that is amazing. When you consider Denise is from Little Miami, Oklahoma, and look what God has done with her life. Wonder. That's amazing. Rick Renner. He was so unlikely. Be in a state of wonder. Same about you. Same about you. Same about you. God wants us to be a wonder for people. Isn't that powerful? Wonderful. Where is Decapolis? That's on that side. Decapolis means there's, there were 10 cities on that side of the Galilee, and they were all Gentile cities. They were not Jewish cities. They were on that side. That's why there were pigs. Hmm. That's why there were pigs there. Because they, those were not Jews. There were Jews there, but it was primarily Gentile. Wow. Denise? I'm just thinking about when Jesus touches us that or heals somebody, delivers somebody, he gives them their life back. And the devil came to steal their life. And Jesus steps in between that attack and that person. And he brings deliverance. He brings life again. And I just love that about Jesus. And another thing that I love is that he said, tell them that I had compassion on you. And as we were reading this, and describing him crying and screaming out and and cutting himself and living in the tombs. I was thinking about how Jesus was taking all that in. And now I know he, he had compassion on that man. And I don't think there's any suffering that any of us go through that Jesus doesn't look and say, I want to deliver them. I want to deliver them. And if we just reach out with our faith and take a hold of the power of God, his delivering power will come and will touch us. Any, any person that you're praying for, he'll touch them and give them their life back. And you know what, Denise? Joel, Joel said this in the last home group, that Jesus came across that sea that night just for those guys. Yeah. He went through a storm, big storm, got all the way over to the other side, got out of his boat, went through everything we just read in Mark chapter 5, and when he was finished, he didn't say, wow, now we've made a name for ourselves. Let's hold a big meeting. We could really have a big meeting now. He got back in his boat immediately. 
turned around and sailed back to the other side of the lake. Well, Rick, he I, came all that way just for those guys. It says in another gospel that uh, they can't, all the people in the city came out to Jesus to see him, and they told him to leave. That's, I'm telling you, there's two responses to they the power of God. They rejected Jesus completely and told him to leave. Either the power of God attracts you or it repels you. Joel, what's your takeaway? Well, I have a question. Yes. Since this was a Gentile area. Yes, it was. Ten cities, Gentile areas, swine were being raised there. Were these two gentlemen Gentiles? We don't know. That might have been. Most scholars think that they were Gentiles. Very interesting. But you know what? Jesus could have said, you know what? Those are Gentiles. I'm not going to help them. That's out of my territory. But it was a region that was dominated by fear. Jesus was beckoned to set them free. Maxime, what's your takeaway? Uh, I take away uh, that fact that even though the guy could not express his desire to be delivered, he ran to Jesus, but he, you know, demon, demons took control over him. Jesus could see his heart. And sometimes when you cannot express, you cannot even express what you want. God sees what you want, God sees what you need, and he'll do it for you. You know, years ago, I, I was in a situation with somebody who really was terribly demonized. And that person said, I just can't control myself. I said, yes, you can. Do you want to be free? I, I just can't be free. I just can't control myself. I said, I don't want to hear that. I said, if that man had 6,000 demons, but he could express a desire, so can you. And I'm telling you, if you have a desire to be free, you can be free. You can be. And Jesus will set you free. He will run to the moment to set you free. We're out of time. If you need prayer, please write to us, prayer at renner.org. Or you can call us 1-800-742-5593. We pray that you sleep really, really good tonight. And that you have a marvelous weekend. And when we come back on Monday, we hope that you'll join us right here for Home Group. We'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.